TJ and PK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Utah Jazz picking up a win on the road in Atlanta. They do it without Donovan Mitchell. No Donovan, no problem. Donovan's role, scoring 20 to 30 points a game. Taken up quite ably by Jordan Clarkson, who dumped 30 in on Atlanta. He got hot in the second half and couldn't miss. He'd missed a lot in the two previous games. He missed a lot in the first half. But something clicked, and clearly, judging by his body language, he was rolling in the confidence. Oodles o confidence, and he made almost every shot he put up in the second half. He was flexing. He was smiling. He was basically just going MJ and wagging the tongue and just like, let's get back down court. I want to shoot again because this is awesome. And he made 9 out of 11 shots and carried the Jazz as they scored at will in the second half. 77 points in the second half to pull away and beat Atlanta 116-98. to And Atlanta, off to a mediocre start. They're 4-5. and five. They've lost four of the last five games. Trey Young had a quote about, uh, you know, the regular season's a little boring. And <laughs> this is Scotty G even after him on Twitter. That was fun, Scotty G. Uh, but come on. They just had a great playoff run. He's experienced a thrill of the playoffs, going to Madison Square Garden, taking the Knicks down in five, going to Philly and winning a seven-game series, and having the world champs tied 2-2 in a conference final before the Bucks ultimately won games five and six and, and won the series in six. So maybe Atlanta's got a little hangover for that. Maybe they're doing a little Kansas City Chiefs thing here. I don't know. But that was a nice win for the Jazz. No Donovan Mitchell. One-point game going to the fourth quarter. And Clarkson continues his role. Joe Ingles, who'd been great in the first half, hit a couple of big shots. Bogey hit a couple of big shots. And the Jazz got to the free throw line in the fourth quarter. They got to the free throw line down the stretch and, uh, and made enough of them. And win going away, 116-98. Time to talk jazz basketball with David Locke. But right now, Yach would rather talk to David Locke. <laughs> Listen, I got a couple things to say. We'll put them on the radio when we're good and ready. I've been watching the jazz and I have a couple observations. I'm going to monopolize David right now. Yach just kept holding up one finger. Yeah, we'll get to it. I got to talk to David for a second, though. Just blowing us off, Yach. It's your world. We're just renting space. It's good to be the Yachtmeister. All right, David Locke's weekly interview is brought to you by Murdoch Auto Team. We are allowed to speak with David now. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. 877-346-3333. David Locke, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It was a fun game last night. Guys played well. Played really, really hard. Got a win. Jordan went crazy. <laughs> it's kind of fun. So you know a lot of what is coming, partly because you get to talk to coaches, and so they tell you, hey, watch for this, watch for that. We're trying to do this. They're trying to do that. So, and, and you've been around so many games. You see the trends. You know a bunch of stuff yourself. But nonetheless, a one-point game going to the fourth quarter, did you think – this game will be over at the six-minute mark. The Jazz will lock this game up in the first half of the fourth quarter because they pushed the lead up to 13. And with six minutes to go, I'm thinking, yeah, Atlanta's done. This is over. Jazz have this. Yeah, there was a play on three that rimmed out where I'm like, like I, my mind, I'd started to call it. Yeah, like, I, I know the play. Ball game, yeah. Right? Um, 
No, I did not see that coming at all. Um, you know, there were these kind of moments where they had such a rough first quarter and they were down one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think a line I used on the broadcast was it look, feels as though you showed up to a Sunday matinee and got the understudies. Um because it just didn't look like them. I mean, Royce turned the pass out of bounds. I think that was Trent Forrest, you know, movie. I mean, truthfully, what's going on is anytime we're outside of our core nine right now, it's kind of like falling apart. It was actually that was the case in, up until the third quarter when Jordan got going and they went on a sixteen to seven run with Mike and Rudy on off the floor, and so that was the first moment where last night I was like, oh, we're okay, because. What I was watching before that was this kind of teeter-totter of how far ahead can we get when Mike and Rudy are on the floor and how much of it are we going to give back when they go to the bench. Um, in the first stint of the night in which Mike when Rudy went to the bench, I think we were 0 for 8 with three turnovers and had two free throws for the whole time. Um, and But defended and stayed in. I mean, that's where Trent Forrest is really you know, he's a really hell of a defender. And so despite that the, we were struggling offensively, he kept us in the game. Um, so, so, but then when they went on the 16 to seven run in the third quarter with Trent Forrest and Jordan and Joe and Pascal and Gobert on the floor, uh, white side on the floor, then, you know, you're like, okay, well, we're in pretty good shape because Mike and Rudy will have never, you know, outscore everybody. Um, and so they should be okay. Okay, so apparently Yach wants to make it clear that he wasn't just selfishly monopolizing you. He was actually getting a Jordan Clarkson post-game quote that you thought was worthwhile. He has it, and why don't you set it up for us? Why is this uh, important? What did you hear in this? So, I don't know where you are on this. If I'm perfectly honest, I, I generally find some of the team chemistry talk that we hear all the time, like a little, you know, I like analytics, right? And um, I'm not always the biggest buyer into the whole team chemistry thing. Like, just you know, there's plenty of teams that don't get along with Gordon Play and are pretty good. Um, maybe I grew up rooting for Billy Martin's Yankees, and so you know, and Billy Martin's A's, and they all hated each other. Um, but this is a case where, and actually, the more I'm spending back being around the team, you know, the amount of times I hear whether it's coaches or players talking about how much they like the guys and how much they like the group. And it, I think is going to carry this team through this season because there's a lot of pitfalls that they have over the next 70 games that could derail them. And I think it'll, it, it, and I just thought this like Jordan who has just a sincerity to everything about him. I thought this comment just was really, really telling. When I missed the last 23 shots, probably threes or whatever it was, I mean, in my mind, I just tried to continue to be myself and my teammates all the way down the line, coaches, owner, management, everybody just coming up to me, JC, keep shooting, keep shooting, it's going to happen. And then Dom before the game, just coming over to me, telling me like, bro, it's going to happen. And we start hitting, it's just going to keep falling. Hats off to like, that's why I love this team. I love my teammates, love the coaching staff, love this organization because they all believe in me and uh, believe what I can do. And it's just beautiful. That's why you want to go out there and win a bunch of games and play hard and compete for each other, so I'm very thankful for that. Hey, I, that's, I don't know, I just thought that was a different level. Like, that's not just the talk. That's not just the words. There was there was a real heartfelt comment in there. I think talent matters, number one. Uh, chemistry does matter, although I think when you win, you have better chemistry. Um, and then I also think with veteran teams, and this is where the Jazz still have young guys, but once you... You know, you're married with kids. You're not going to hang out with the guys as much. So it helps to have good chemistry when you're there. 
But young teams have different chemistry than old teams. And I think young teams can win in baseball, and I think they do win in football. But basketball really demands veterans. So I'm with you. A lot of the team chemistry hype, yeah, I'd rather have it than not. Um, But mostly I'd rather have talent. Right. You know, and and I'd, rather, I'd rather have the analytics to find every single advantage. If you shoot the three better here than you shoot the three over there, well, let's figure out to get more threes here where you make more of them. Right. So, so I'm, I, I'm much more comment, into that. Your comment that you know, winning teams you know, end up with good chemistry. Like I'm guessing the Braves' chemistry wasn't great throughout the season this year at times, and now their chemistry is great because they won a championship. Yep. Um, so, but I thought there was actually a little depth to that. And frankly, the Jazz have every. This is the thing: the Jazz have every reason to have bad chemistry at this point. Because they have playoff failures, or whatever you want to call them. I mean, failure is not the right word. Because, but they have scars. They, they have joint collective scars. Whether it's, you know, Rudy and Don had their issue, right? They've had an issue. Um, they've all been together for a long time. Like I'm sure they each, whatever little thing each of them does that can annoy could annoy the crap out of them are evident to them at all times. Um, and they have, you know, and they've they've fallen short in of their goal last year and the year prior, and so they have scars. And so you could you could very easily cop out and point fingers and come to the season like, oh, here we do it again with this guy who like let us down. But there's none of that at all with this group. I, I, I've been stunned by that from the very first moment we met with them this year. That when we first got together with them on content day, that there just was not a lot of talk backwards about losing to the Clippers and the pain of the offseason. And, you know, there was Mike saying, you know, I actually didn't leave my house for a little while. But that was also the same guy who was saying, you know, when it came to looking at free agency, I realized all the things I would be missing if I left, and so I came back. So there just hasn't been that, you know, Marcus Smart freaking just torched the Celtics this week, right? I mean, that was a torch. These guys don't want to pass. <laughs> like, holy smokes. Yeah, but, but you know, on the have... other hand, it was just cold-hearted truth out in the open. I hope he said it privately before he said it publicly. But if it didn't work privately, and you got to say it publicly, right. well, sometimes you do. And yeah, I, I, mean, hey, they I won, did they notice. won two straight since. Right, right exactly. And then they won. You know, everybody's got the scars. And that doesn't, that's a sports thing. That's an NBA thing. It's a college thing. It's just a life thing, right? And in the NBA, you have to have the scars to win. Now, some teams get the scars and never win. And, you know, win is, de- is defined differently. You know, for, for Sacramento, just getting to the playoffs would be a win, right? It's been 15 years. Other teams, it's winning a playoff series. That was where the Jazz were last year. Then it's about getting the finals and winning it all, you know? And so you're fortunate if you're in the group that has the scars but you're in the group that has a chance to win it all. Because that group isn't that big. You were telling us earlier, yeah, three. usually it's two to three teams. Now it's maybe three to five or six teams, with none of them have more than a 15 or 20% chance of winning. So a lot of teams are going to get scars, but somebody's going to figure it out. You know, how do you, how do you work your way past all that stuff? Well, if you want to be a champion, you have to do it. Right. And this, you know, I just thought that, you know, that comment from Jordan, you know, I, I don't think, I think he actually added one more line, which is why I come to work every day excited, right? And it, and if you're 30 years old, you're playing this league, it's a job. It's work, right? We hear it out. Joe, your interviews with Joe are great. I mean, I listened this week. and But you can hear it's a job, right? But it's a job they enjoy um, because of the guys that were. I thought Joe had some 
interesting comments this week, and, and they kind of revealed the same stuff. I mean, <clears throat> actually, it was with PK, I guess, because you were out. But, you know, even they were kind of just joking about Rudy and the fact that Rudy decided a one-man fast break in a whirling dervish of disaster the other day. Um, and even as Joe kind of had fun with it, you could hear Joe being like, yeah, but, like, it was a little bit like you were making fun of his brother, and he was like – he wasn't really there. He was like, you know, the guy does a lot of stuff for us, so he tried something for a play. It didn't work. He probably should give it up next time. But, you know, if he's going to run the floor instead of pick and rebound every time, I guess he gets to do that. Like, it was really – that was three years of being together. Of like, okay, I'm going to accept that from Rudy because of everything else he does for us. And he took six shots last night, you know. And, uh, he's, you know, he's not getting shots right now. And so I, I, I even heard it on that one where, you know, it was really funny and I was laughing, but it was clear to me that Joe was like, okay, let's not go too far with this. That's my brother you're talking about. So the Jazz are 7-1, and one, headed into Florida this weekend for a back-to-back with Miami and Orlando. Uh, I'm assuming right, Conley I've is... Got a great talk show, i got a great talk show topic. Well, why okay. don't we do that then, <laughs> apparently? Okay. I'm sure. I'm, this one's going to get me in trouble, but that's all right. All right, so Mike's not playing back-to-back, right? Right. Donovan's probably not playing back-to-back with Sorenko, right? You would think. Like... You go two and one on the road trip, all good, right? You would think, yeah. If you win two thirds of your road games in the NBA, you're probably in a pretty good place. Sixty Any wins. Thought? Well, yeah, I assume, and this was my question to you. I assume that these two guys are not going to play on Saturday in Miami, and right, okay, that so Conley then, plays can give, Sunday. Can I give, can I give, Ru- Conley? Can I give Rudy the day off too? Then. Uh, I guess it depends on how he feels. If you just want to totally throw it away. <laughs> I don't know well, how many of the best I mean, players you can take off the floor and still win. I mean, well, I mean, if we're going without Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell against Miami Heat, we might be like throwing it away. You might be, but uh, if guys are ready to go and it gives guys a chance to be in a bigger role and perform, and they pull something off, that could be awesome for the team down the road. Hey, they had to play big games without Conley and Mitchell at the end of yeah. last season, and they had to play in the playoffs with them limited. If guys have more confidence, I would. Without those two guys, I would take it. I mean, to your point, they're two of their three best players most nights. So, yeah, if they're not playing against a team the caliber of the Heat, you're in trouble. Yeah, Kyle Lowry sprained an ankle last night, though, so who knows. See, you're making a case. Go for it. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Like, I don't know. I was just. I don't know what load management is. Um, I don't really get it. Uh, I haven't really seen anything from any data standpoint that says load management works. Um, but I do know you that You didn't see the games, data that the Spurs did it and they won a bunch of championships because right, I'm sure that's right. the data most that's of the league the is going on. That's right, the data. But it's not data. That's yeah. not data. That's That could be a coincidence. That could be a correlation and it could not be a, have a correlation. Um, but I do know this. Seven road games... Well, six road games and a single home game, so seven road games in 11 days is a lot. And if Rudy is, uh, you know, if there's something going on we don't know about, uh, then I'm 100% in favor of giving him the time off. Uh, I assume he's completely healthy because I haven't heard anything. I'm not covering my tracks here. I mean, he's been incredible. I mean, we're seven. I mean, Donovan's great. Jordan was amazing last night. I mean, man, we're seven and one for a reason. Like, I was playing a game last night. Here's a fun one. We were replacing every center in the NBA with Rudy Gobert and giving the team their win total. It was pretty interesting. So we had 27 teams of 500 Rudy Gobert as their center. 
Well, that seems aggressive. Now, i got to admit, I haven't played this game and I haven't thought about it, so you'll probably be better than me at it and embarrass me on the radio. All right. Uh, who are the three teams? Who are the three teams who suck so bad that Rudy couldn't get them to 500? Oklahoma City Detroit, and Houston. Detroit, Houston, Oklahoma City. Okay. We actually had Orlando at 500. Uh, really? Particularly if Jonathan Isaac came back because you were not going to be able to score against him. Okay. So Sacramento, Rudy Gobert in for Sean Holmes. That's a 500 playoff team. Yeah. Okay. I can buy that. Yeah. Minnesota, Rudy Gobert in for Carl Anthony Towns. That's a playoff team. That one's hard because Carl's so good offensively. But D'Angelo Russell and... I'm just looking at the... Yeah, just the worst teams here. Uh, Can he fix Oklahoma City, San Antonio? San Antonio, yes. San Antonio now becomes the number one or two defensive team in the league. And so, therefore, they're 500 or better. Hmm. There aren't that many teams in the East with a losing record right now, so it's right. actually pretty easy. I mean, the Hawks and the Celtics are four and five, so Rudy's just got the Hawks. Really actually, games. you know, what's really interesting is the Hawks are the team we actually—they're already a playoff team, so we decided they'd still be a playoff team. But Clint Capella is just not Rudy Gobert, but he's not that far off. Right, right. Um, you know, the Hawks keep—they're not Nate's screwing them up right now, but um, What's it? how's he screwing opinion. them up? Um, they've stopped running. They've stopped shooting threes. They're running, and they're not. They're not. Their shot distribution's wacky. Like they're not shooting threes. Um, Devaluing the young. Jazz win last night. Atlanta screwed up. Um, they have lost. Well, look at the five. shot. Look at the shot distribution. That's not devaluing. That's just why we win games. We win games every, all the time because of shot distribution. We did last night. How, what did we take? Fifteen more threes, maybe. Uh, Jazz took. I gotta look that up. I think it was thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. It's a lot. Forty-one twenty-eight. Like, if you're taking thirteen threes, an average league average threes is down right now to like thirty-four percent shooting, but it's still one point zero points per play, and a mid-range shot is forty percent. That's point eight. So that's a point two advantage, and you take thirteen more of them. That that is you know two point five points. Yeah, but Jazz won by 17. So. Right. I mean, but so, yeah, and Jordan went crazy. But the, that, those 2.5 points matter. One by 18, sorry, cheat him out of a point. Right. So, have you got any worries watching this team I mean, rattle off 30, to a 7 1 start? 35, they took 35 mid range shots, and we took 15. They took yeah. 10 long twos, we took two. Like, Trey Young has to be Steph Curry. Trey Young needs to shoot 10, 11, 12 threes in a game and stretch the floor. I think he took four. Out of 20 shots. Jazz and Warriors have the best record in the NBA. Uh, I know you don't have too many worries about the Jazz because they're winning a lot, but if you try to match them up with some of the other teams that are off to really good starts, you got any worries? Sure, I got a lot of worries because the standard is winning a championship. So I have a lot of worries. Like, sure, I mean, I can get really, like, I think there have been some sequences <clears throat> already this season where I'm like, oh, gosh, that's, you know, if you have an Achilles heel, like, it gets exposed somewhere in the by the time you play four teams win a championship. And, you know, little of the hope is that you can get through and not face that team that exposes it. Milwaukee, you know, got exposed by Miami and then didn't have to face, then got over it and didn't face anyone else who exposed them. So in that sense, um, you know, so I've seen some things that have me concerned. Um, but that's only because our standard is trying to win a championship right now. 
you want to reevaluate where you put any of these teams in the uh, preseason of what you've seen so far? Are you a little higher on the Warriors? Um, a little cooler on the Blazers? Yeah, so I mean, I think I missed. Uh, well, the Blazers, honestly, I just think it's because they have a first year head coach. So um, I didn't miss on the Blazers of the fifth best offensive team in the NBA right now. And that was really my point was that they were going to be utterly fine offensively um, and be elite offensively. And so they were going to be fine. And I just think. I think coaching this league's really, 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 really hard, and the, no different than the best players in the league. It's the third, it's the twenty-five best coaches, and then if you're not one of the five, you stand out like a really sore thumb. Um, and if you look at first-year head coaches, they're generally not doing very well. Um, so you know, Ma Doka and Boston's had a little controversy already, right? As a, a first-year head coach, Orlando's team's not very good, so I'm not going to really criticize Jamal mostly for being two and seven. But New Orleans is one and eight. You know, that seems a little harsh. Portland's three and five. Like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go put that on first year coach until he figures it out. Um, so, you know, and if you look at the teams that are good right now, all of those coaches have all been in the league for an awfully long time, right? Like Snyder, Spolstra, Rivers, Donovan, are the best records in the NBA. Come on. Like, that's, yeah, they got good teams, but that's also like really good adventure. Um, so the team I would reevaluate right now is the Clippers. Um, I missed, I think, on that. I thought they would be fine offensively. Now, Marky Morris didn't really feel like doing training, it looks like, and so he's not really ready to go, and so a bunch of their support staff around them, and maybe I just didn't understand the of uh, not having Kawhi Leonard, where I run my They just don't understand the the value of somebody carrying 25 possessions, 20 possessions in a night. They look at, you know, the distribution of 85, 90 on a given night and say, oh, you'll be fine. But I don't think my system understands the the value of that. And I think both Denver and the Clippers are in that. Denver's offense is 24th in the league right now, and the Clippers is 22nd. Um, that, that's an area. Golden State, um, frankly, what I, you know, they're the number one defense in the NBA right now. And so if that really is going to hold, then they're really, really good. Um and I just didn't have um, I didn't on defense in the NBA this year, um, so that's that's the question. Uh, their offense is um, kind of where I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, really, my system charts offenses, and I missed on that one a little bit. Phoenix is a little surprising to me right now. We'll see. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. I think I think Phoenix and Milwaukee are super tired. They had no off season, and so probably have to let them work their way through. Um, but my my area where maybe I was wrong is Denver and the Clippers seem to be the burden of playing without a marquee possession user seems to be more than I would have anticipated. He's David Locke. David, you enjoy South Beach. Jazz in the Heat Saturday. Jazz in Orlando Sunday. We'll hear you right here on the Zone Sports Network. So is it like a bad sign that when I was 20-whatever traveling, I would take the long cab ride into South Beach and spend the day over there. And now I'm excited because the New York Times put out a top 50 restaurants, and I'm going to one of those. Everybody gets older, David, it happens. I don't know what to tell you. I kind of of figured. Yeah. Sounds good. All All right. Thanks. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He will be back on the air tomorrow, 5.30, the Jazz and the Heat. Coming up, Scott Reese, Stanford Cardinal play-by-play voice. Join us in 15 minutes here on The Zone.